I like the idea of creating walking billboards within my company. So whether it's a birthday party and it's, you know, Billy's birthday, but Tommy is the guest, I want to make Tommy a walking billboard as well. This kid's going to have a great time. I want to make sure the other seven kids in the party are going to be ranting and raving, saying how amazing it was. And I want to come back and do my own too. You can do that with any group. You can do that with your youth groups that come in, birthday parties. You just give them as much as you can when the time they're there. That's, it's amazing advertising. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Guest Experience Show brought to you by Roller, the modern all-in-one venue management software for the leisure and attractions industry. I'm your host, Josh Liebman, and on this show, I'll be speaking with thought leaders in the global attractions industry about all things guest experience. We'll talk about industry trends, technology, removing friction, and how to grow your business by focusing on all aspects of guest experience, including the best ways to attract and engage new guests, delivering a remarkable experience, and building repeat visitors and advocates to your business. Jenna Boyo is the CEO of Planet Laser in Kelowna, British Columbia. In this interview, Jenna shares how Planet Laser has evolved in the nearly 20 years since she purchased the venue and how she delivers a superior guest experience. Over time, Laser Tag has evolved from arenas with black walls and fluorescent paint to meeting the ongoing trends and preferences along with technological enhancements such as VR that have entered the space. Additionally, Jenna talks about how satisfaction leads to guests becoming walking billboards for the venue that help drive repeat visits and word of mouth. And lastly, Jenna tells us how Planet Laser has made a positive impact on her community that has led to multiple generations of loyal fans. Now, please enjoy this interview with Jenna Boyo. Hey, Jenna, welcome to the Guest Experience Show. I am so excited for our conversation today. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. I am excited to talk about all things laser tag. So yes. uh, let's kick this off here. Tell us a little bit about Planet Laser Kelowna. Tell us about your venue. Absolutely. Uh, so my center is in West Coast Canada, Kelowna, um, which is um, about four hours east of Vancouver, if anyone knows where that is. Um, my center has been there since 1996. Um, I've owned it since 2004. So it's been it's been a ride. Um, it's got a 6,000 square foot, two level laser tag arena. I've got an arcade, food and beverage, party room space, all the good stuff, everything you need. Nice. Tell, yeah. us, tell us a little bit more about uh, you know the experience and as far as perhaps what makes it unique compared to perhaps other entertainment venues in, uh, in Kelowna and in, in your surrounding area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say uh, the evolution. So the business has changed so much since it opened in 96. We were always looking ahead at uh, new technologies to bring in, new experiences, uh, and continuous training with our staff on how things have changed socially over the last 20 years. Um, so always looking ahead. So not, not keeping the same experience. Uh, we go through generations of clients over the last 27 years where kids have come as a two-year-old, they've gotten married and had kids and now we're doing it again. And, and it can't be the same for everybody. We've got we've to make it change um, to keep the, the parents, the grandparents, the grandkids, everybody excited about it again. 
Yeah. Well, would love if we can maybe even go deeper to some of these changes. Like, I, I mean, I, I grew up playing laser tag back, you know, in, in the nineties. And I remember what that experience was like. And uh, obviously there's, there's a nostalgic uh, place in my heart, but obviously laser tag itself has, has evolved considerably as well as kind of the, the experiences surrounding it as well. So can you talk a little bit, I, I would say how, uh, how planet laser has, I would say grown and evolved with, with the times and with the generations and just with, with all, all the trends and guest perceptions. Yeah. Uh, so specifically for our place, and uh, we, I had a couple friends, we were just talking about this in the industry is years ago, you painted the walls black, you splashed some fluorescent paint on and you had laser tag. That was very easy to do. You got your system in there and everyone was happy. And then as of you know, the last 15 years, it's, it's become so much more gamified where people need to have 20 different game types. They need to have an interactive arena. They want to have just a different experience each time, whether it's the DMX lights being added to to change up uh, the play field or putting in mirrors, or it just has been such a, a neat, again, evolution of laser tag where the guest expectations, especially with VR coming out, have, have been boosted. Um, and keeping up with that, that trend and, and making sure it's just as exciting as, as VR has been fun very fun always looking for something to to make it work but we just installed a uh, new dmx we put in uh some creative works things in our arena we we have two levels so we're very fortunate to have the high ceiling heights mm. um with our system that we run we added more targets so micro targets that can give you extra points and things like that throughout the game so even if you have a smaller amount of players going in a large space it's still awesome it's still interactive and it still provides more than i shot you haha <laughs> great see in 20 minutes I'll be at the other end of the arena so it just it keeps it going there's something uh kind of in particular about laser tag that adds I would say repeatability of the experience because it, it is a game there are scores there is the the competitive aspect of it I it definitely isn't necessarily a uh, been there done that check the box type thing like it's something that that you could you know continually go back continually in, improve your score play with a different group of friends I feel like there's so many different permutations of, of the way to be able to just experience, you know, laser tag, even in the same venue, the same facility, would love to know kind of how you, I would say, leverage that to drive repeat visitation and, and tell the guest, hey, you had X experience, come back next week, you know, for Y, even if it's a, within the same experience that you're offering. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be a, a next week. We've done where people have bought one game and then we said, I know you love that game, but you've got to try this new one. It's really cool. It's kind of the same idea. It's still a solo game, but it's called Juggernaut. And you have faster and stronger people. And if you tag them, you're stronger and faster. And they're like, okay, we were going to go do something. We're going to try this. This sounds really cool. So the again, with the, the change with adding so many different types of laser tag games within the game, like our system can run 30 different games. And I think most systems out there can do that. Um, and we can do um, up to nine different teams. So the difference between going in and doing eight on eight versus two on two on two on two is that's that changes it immensely already. Um, so just being able to offer and say, what did you like about that last game? Well, guess what? We've got this other game that's just as cool, but you can do this. It's claimable targets within the arena. It's capture the flag. It's whatever it is. So it's it's extremely easy to take the same activity and change the experience 100% for the next time they play. And then I would say, how do you perhaps sort of bridge that maybe satisfaction with one experience to then, I would say, maybe kind of kind of plant the seed, whether it's for that next visit or, or that experience. I know you've got a membership program, would love to talk about it. I would say kind of how your membership program works. And I would say maybe the, like the, the nuts and bolts of sort of 
increasing that that repeat visitation? Um, if they're not planning on staying again, we just as soon as we say we have 30 games, they're like, what? Oh my god, I've got to get my boss in here. I've got to get my my grandkids in here. We've got to get the whoever in. So they you give them that excitement that makes them feel like they've got to try out this other thing. This experience was so good. I would love to try it again doing this. Um, but I also find that you know we'll have parents go in for a birthday party and they they get to go after their kids and at the end they're like this would be great for my corporate this would be great for a family outing this would be great for whatever so the customer almost sells it for you you don't really even need to try that hard as long as you you give them a little bit of knowledge as to what your system and what your business is capable of doing most of the time they can run with it they're able to say oh yeah i didn't even think about doing this but now that you mentioned blank i've got six more ideas to come back so i i like the idea of creating walking billboards within my company so whether it's a birthday party and it's, you know, Billy's birthday, but Tommy is the guest, I want to make Tommy a walking billboard as well. This kid's going to have a great time. I want to make sure the other seven kids in the party are going to be ranting and raving, saying how amazing it was. And I want to come back and do my own too. You can do that with any group. You can do that with your youth groups that come in, birthday parties. You just give them as much as you can when the time they're there. That's it's amazing advertising. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love that idea of, of the walking billboards because it's uh, it kind of like like your product speaks for itself, right? And, yeah. and guest satisfaction then drives that advocacy outside the walls of the center. It's back at school, back at work of saying, you know, I, I went to, uh, you know, this kid's birthday party this weekend. And now, yeah, I need to bring, you know, my, my uh, uh, you know, corporate or need to do a team building event here you know, or, or things like that. Um so I actually would love to talk a little bit about uh, about your membership program and perhaps uh, if you can tell us a little bit about that and uh, and how that plays a role in, obviously, it, well, of course, in driving repeat visitation, but just uh, kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Sure. Uh, so our two main membership programs, the one is through the laser tag, uh, where they can create their co own code name, accumulate points, get weapon upgrades within the, the gameplay. They get discounts on it as well. Uh, they get their own little credit card to go home with to show their friends and think that they're super cool because they have a Planet Laser membership. Um, it's a, a buy-in price, but then they get discounts after that. The big thing for them is they want to have their code name on the scoreboard. So instead of just having Thor or Goat, greatest of all time, I have to specify that every time. Everyone's like, who wants to be Goat? I'm like, that's why. Uh, so they're able to put their name up as whatever. And then they feel special. It's that recognition that they're getting by being members. Um, obviously, customer data is collected when they uh, when they do that. So we can promote out again, like be able to see when they logged in last, say, hey, we haven't seen you in a month. Uh, just, you know, we're doing this promotion this day or give them something free or give them an update or whatever it is. So we're able to capture that data um, and make a, a, a make them feel more involved in the company because they they have that membership. Uh, and then also we have Semnox for our arcade uh, and they're able to register their cards to get bonus tickets when they load up. Uh, they get uh, free arcade on their birthday within seven days before their birthday, seven days after to come back and use it. And then again, more data collection. So I can see when they've come in, how much they've spent, um, how long they were in the facility, stuff like that as well. Cool. So you can really, you know, use all this data to uh, to drive marketing decisions and drive uh, drive, I would say, campaigns to be able to to kind of stay in touch with the guests and uh, be able to to make recommendations that are specific and you know unique to to kind of who they are, what will resonate best with them, right? Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants a coupon that means something to them. I don't need a coupon for free flowers. I don't even like flowers. No offense to people that like flowers, but I I don't need that. But if it was something that I really enjoyed, of course, I'm going to go for it. So I'm not going to send out a promotion for, 
you know, a Monday promotion, if they only have come on Saturdays, they're probably, you know, I've got a little bit of wiggle room, but if they're, they're pretty set in their ways about coming on a certain day, then I'm able to, um, to tailor it to that. Yeah. Um, we'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about, uh, about your staff, about your team, um, uh, and tell us a little bit about perhaps the, the employee culture and in particular, uh, immersing team members into your guest experience standard to make sure that they are up to speed on, on day one by the time they interact with their first guest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think a lot of my team members have been customers. They either had their birthday parties when they were younger, or they've been in recently with somebody and they go, this place looks really fun. I really want to work here. How can I apply? So they already get the culture that when they, when they apply, they already understand what the facility is about. Um, when they're onboarded, uh, it comes down to uh, how we want to how if we were guests how we would want to be treated so when someone comes in and they're having a great time and they're celebrating something and your staff is like yeah why would you want that you don't want that you're I mean we've had some of our team members someone comes in they're like yeah it's my birthday and they're like oh my god happy birthday and they go run up and I mean you want to be celebrated too when it's your birthday so why wouldn't you go above and beyond and and watch that customer because there's there's that happy side but then you also see the mom walk in that's stressed that's holding all these bags that's like oh my gosh birthdays are hard yeah. you do the same thing look at the customer and go if I was her what would I want I would want someone to come grab my bags I would want them to probably talk a little bit slower because I'm over, already overwhelmed I would want them to help with the kids going up to the room uh, so our our staff are very aware at body uh, uh, of body language, of language in general, of how guests are coming to them and repeating it back or helping them back. So I think that my staff are extremely well-versed in taking that situation and making it their own and figuring out how to make it better. Um, I love my staff. They're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just made so many you know, great points here, particularly as far as like the, the staff enthusiasm when the kid comes in and says that they're having a birthday, which I'm guessing probably happens a lot, right? And maybe on a typical Saturday, it, it could be several in a day, right? So if a kid comes in at four o'clock in the afternoon and says, it's my birthday, staff would be like, yeah, you're the ninth person yeah. today who I've seen. It's my birthday. Get in line, right? It's not a big <laughs> yeah. deal. Because yeah. for your staff, for them, seeing families celebrating seeing a kid having a birthday is normal right it's very routine it is standard so uh, it, it requires that intentional mentality shift of what's the guest walking into the building with versus me coming here to work every single day and I think that that takes uh, it takes a very intentional process otherwise uh, otherwise the job becomes boring and redundant otherwise if exactly. you know, you're that way. And that's another thing that we do training on as well, because I've had staff uh, that, you know, you've got your sign up sheet for birthday parties and they say, sign here, do this, do this, this is for pizza choices, this is this and go. And I'm like, I work here. I built this policy. I have no idea what you just said to that customer. So we obviously now with the years and years of experience, we go, okay, give them two pieces of information at a time if they don't look overwhelmed. And this is in general, right? Like you can do that with your laser tag training with teaching people how to do anything in the arcade. If yeah. you give somebody two pieces of information and they look lost, stop, mm -hmm. wait and try again. Don't just keep blurting it out because you know exactly what you're saying, but the customer doesn't, it's their first time. So don't overwhelm them because that already sets a, oh my God, this is going to be stressful. Now what? And then mm -hmm. the customer is going to put that on you and then you're not going to have a good time at your job. So why would you set yourself up for failure. So just, again, it's body language, watching the customers, seeing how much they can take. Once they've taken enough information, let them do something and then try again. It's, yeah. yeah. And the guest isn't used to 
necessarily all that information as far as they, they don't know your policies, your procedures. They don't know, you know what time you close, where the bathroom is, you know, whatever it is. I, I have a friend who put this really well. Uh, I'm saying like, we should treat our guests like they're aliens visiting from outer yeah. space and their spaceship just landed in our parking lot and they're just getting here, you know, for the very first time. They don't know, you know, they don't know our policies. They don't know, you know, anything about it. And it's our yeah. job to be able to do that in a way that excites them and does not overwhelm them at the exactly. same time. And you also have to keep in mind what the facility is. I mean, this is not a library these people are walking into. They're yeah. walking into an overly sensitized, huge lights going off, bells going off, people screaming. Like that, uh, for an average person, I'm used to it. I've been doing it 20 years. I don't even listen to it anymore. I go to other arcades and casinos just to hear bells and whistles because it's soothing. But <laughs> most people don't want to be in a in a an environment like that i mean not often so yeah. at the end of every party well i would say 60 percent of every party to be honest they say i don't know how you do it and i just say i take mild sedatives it's fine I'm good uh but they're they do they're they're overwhelmed they're like i couldn't do this for eight hours a day and i'm like i couldn't do anything else for eight hours a day i couldn't imagine being in a in a quiet area so yeah. that too is already a heightened thing for the guest and you need to help them even if it if even if it's showing them their party room right off the bat so the mom can go <sighs> that's all they needed. They don't want to be stuck in this really loud area and feel overwhelmed. So that's a, another big one that we do is if we say a couple things and the parent goes, I don't know, we go, let's go to your party room and organize it there instead of being at the front counter with all this stuff going on. So again, watching the guest, you can tell what they're willing to, to do and not do. So yeah, the uh, the desensitization to the to the noise just kind of uh, reminded me of, of many years ago. I I, I used to work at Universal and uh, in the the guest services office uh, during Halloween Horror Nights. Sometimes I would be there by myself until like midnight or two a.m. And right outside my office was a scare zone with chainsaws. <laughs> and I was in grad school at the time, and I had like nothing to do, so I would just like study and like read these like academic journals to the sound of chainsaws and people yeah. screaming and loud music. Comforting. And That's like really that. comforting. Yes. And absolutely. I, I, it rewired my brain. I'm just like, oh, yeah. that is strangely soothing. <laughs> oh yeah. We had a uh, Andretti's pinball game and we had a Freddy Krueger pinball game and you either heard rice race cars going off or you heard like screaming. And I just people would come in and go, oh my God, what is that? I'm like, what is what? What are you talking? I don't know. That's just a pinball murdering somebody. It's fine. It's, it's good. Yeah. But it's it's funny how you just you block it out and you just don't think much of it. And but then when other people come in and they make a, a comment, you're like, oh yeah, I guess that would be weird. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Strange. Um, so Jenna, would love to know if you have any stories that you love to share that just really exemplify a, a phenomenal guest experience that's happened at Planet Laser. Sure. I think. I, my favorite's always going to be the 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 generations that come in to see me. So we've again, I've I've had this little kid named Ari. He came in when he was two, and the dad said, "Can he play?" And I'm like, "Of course he can play. Yeah, here's a laser tag vest. Let me know if he likes it." And and most people, our most centers, they have that minimum six, and then the like. I mean, my my son just turned six, so now he can actually laser tag when we go to other people's centers. But forever, I was like, "Can we laser tag?" And they're like, "How old is he?" I'm like, four. Oh, he can't play why not? Like he, he can, he actually can, he pretty much runs my business. So yes, he can. Uh, so it, it also alienates the family. Like you're not, if you say a kid has to be six to play, uh, now what do I do? I can't play with my son. Business loses money. We're not happy because we can't participate in something. So I know everyone has their own policies. Uh, personally, I have no problem letting a two-year-old go into my laser tag arena, as long as they're comfortable and safe and they, they are okay wearing the packs. It's totally fine. So anyway, this little kid named Ari comes in. The dad was surprised I let him play. And Ari now is 22. 
and I believe he's engaged. So it's like, I get to see this cute little kid come in, grow up, go to prom, do that. And now, I mean, his kids are going to come in and it's going to keep going. And I've created these, um, you know, uh, customers for life, these loyal customers. And when they come in, they look for me and go, oh, Jenna's still here. And, and I know not every business can have the same owner for that long period of time, but it doesn't have to be the owner. It can be the GM. It can be the, the arcade attendant. It can be whoever it is, but there's always somebody that your customer is going to identify with in the business. I have customers that will come in and look for Selena, one of my long-term staff members and say, Hey, just so you know, I, I got this new car and they, they specifically look for her. And I'm like, what about me? I want to know about your car. Um, so I think that to me, that the service that we've given over the years and the connections that we've been able to make with so many different families in this area. Um, and I mean, I started whatever day that was, and I, you can start today doing the same thing. You can create these, these amazing long-term guest experiences by just what I call the norm experience for those that uh, watch Cheers. You know, yeah. when you when you go into the bar and everyone goes, norm, that's exciting. You want to go where people know where you are. So if you can, and we use our software, um, our booking software for quite a few things, but one of them is to actually enter customer data that makes no sense. So if a mom comes in and she says, oh, this dress site's brand new and it's, and we say, oh my gosh, it's really pretty. We'll put that in our booking software and say, she came in, she got a new dress. It was really pretty. So when she comes in again next time, we pull up the thing and she's putting her two kids and we're like, I remember you, you're the lady with the pretty dress. And then she goes, oh, how did you remember that? I'm like, oh, I just remember because you were so nice. And, and then that's the connection. Then she's like, you know what? I really like coming here. I, I feel more comfortable coming here because I, my kids, you know, the, the people know me. And it, I love that repetitive, um, uh, having people come back and just appreciate that it's you being there, whether it's the connection they made with me or my GM or my my whatever staff it is, they, that's something that you, it's free. It, you train it. You don't need to put marketing dollars into it. And they come back because they know what, the, what to expect. So that's my favorite. This idea of, of generational loyalty, I've got to imagine is uh, really hard to visualize because it's, it's looking backward, right? You, you don't see the short-term results of it. You had no idea the no. impact that you were making 18 years ago when you know, uh, 20 when, no 19 19 years 19, ago 19 years ago when yeah. you know when you let a four-year-old play laser tag right yeah. that yeah. you know you didn't you didn't know that today you would still be talking about that family and that that family would would still come back and uh you know and, and that you know that that it that the loyalty travels from you know from one generation to the next so it's uh I, I think it's the most, uh, it, it's like the most organic form of loyalty, right? Versus, you know, versus a punch card and like come back at your 11th visit for free after you spend 10, something like that of just, yeah. you know, here's, you know, here's the family who's having such a great experience uh, because of the experience that you're providing on site that they're going to keep coming back for years, bring their kids, their kids will bring their kids, et cetera. Uh, and so family and friends and family reunions and work groups and like there you just you need to impress one person and they can tell what's the stat on that I'm sure you know that one Josh that uh, one angry customer will tell 30 people a good customer tells 50 whatever the number is but it, literally you just I mean I wear my planet laser shirt to pick up my kids at school and they're like I had my party there last week and I'm like sweet I'm the laser tag lady that's fantastic uh, but it, it <laughs> no and when I was 19 years old and I bought the place I never thought I went next year what am I, what, like, how do I get to next year? I wasn't going, what's going to happen in 20 years? How do I create this? It just, it, it was at the time for me being 
a new business owner and, and young, I was like, I can't afford marketing dollars. That was, that was a big thing is like, I, I can put a little bit, but isn't it going to be easier to be nice to people? Isn't it going to be easier to remember things than it is to go out of your way and, and buy these, these big uh, radio ads and things like that out there. So that's, that's kind of how it started was just, there's got to be a better way to spend less and get them to come back more. And it was, let's just be nice. Let's go out of our way to recognize people's strengths and happy times and things like that. So it's it's just always been part of our, our culture since that since we started. I wonder if we can peel this back even further because you mentioned that you bought the business when you were nineteen. Would yeah. love to know. I would say how how that came about, uh, why, and, and know, maybe maybe what those so you know kind of challenges were uh, perhaps when uh, when you did that. Uh, I always joke that people wouldn't hire me, so I bought my job. Hmm. That was my. And people are like, oh, okay, that's good enough for an answer. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial. Um, I opened a Reader's Digest bookstore in my closet when I was like seven years old. So I used to do the cards. The, and then uh, at Halloween, my we'd all go trick-or-treating. I'd keep the candy until after my brothers ate it. And then I would sell them my candy, believe it or not. So I would just hide it until it was all gone and then like supply and demand. So, I mean, I've, I've always decided that that was kind of a, what I wanted to do is to do something. I didn't know what it was. Um, but, uh, basically planet laser, the, the, the previous owner, um, he had, he had decided to sell and I went in there and I didn't even want to play. I didn't know what laser tag was. So I just went, uh, with some friends and somebody had said it was for sale. And I said, Ooh, for sale, you say. Um, so I, I looked it up and I had, again, no idea what I was doing. And I've learned so much. Um, I learned small electronic circuit board repair. I've, I know how to do things that most people probably don't need to know because that, that was the only option. So we ended up buying, I ended up buying that. And then, um, a bowling center a year and a half later, um, went, uh, into foreclosure. So I ended up buying that. So I actively had two businesses until, about eight years ago, I think, is when we closed the bowling center. So I, I love working. I love people. I love this. I, I love this industry now. Now that I've been more exposed to things like IAPA and Amusement Expo, I think this is the best industry on the planet to be on. Planet to be on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, see how I did that there? But <laughs> I mean, it, it, it kind of was always going to be something that I was, I always knew I'd be self-employed. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was Actually, I was supposed to go into 911 telecoms. Doesn't that sound exciting? Both my parents are police. Um, <laughs> not what I wanted to do. I throw bouncy balls at children. I don't answer emergency calls. So at the time, and you know what? The, the big thing back then was just being able to show people how driven you are because you don't, when you're that young, I mean, the banks turned me down. They, they laughed at me and said, you don't even have credit yet. And I said, but I will. <laughs> like you got to give me a chance someone has to give me a chance otherwise how am I going to do this um so I just kept knocking on doors and asking and ultimately I found somebody that believed in me um that was my my landlord and I found a bank that believed in me and it just kind of all came together but I I would love to say I'm a fan of rejection because every time that somebody said no I said okay but what if I change it to this what happens if I can do this what happens if I get this skill what happens if I get this knowledge what happens if I make this connection so I think when somebody tells you no, great. Learn from it. Try a different little direction there. You'll you'll figure it out. So yeah. And I drink a lot of coffee. That also does help, by the way. Caffeine <laughs> definitely gets me going. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for for sharing that. Uh that's um inspiring. I mean, if you know, if nothing nothing else, uh, just a, just an incredible story. Uh trying to think of 
how do I how do I ask a follow up from here? Because it was, <laughs> no, it was just so so amazing to to learn that. Um, I would love to talk about uh, friction in the guest experience, and uh, I know that um, uh, it's something we were talking about briefly before we uh, started recording. But would love to know what you see as as far as being the biggest friction point in the experience. Um, I would say booking, like online booking, especially because there's no um, there's no interaction between you and the guests. So I switched to online bookings in 2013 and I've learned a lot about online bookings and what to put up there and what not to put up there um, and how many times you have to follow up. That, that's the biggest friction point is, is um, communication with, uh, with the customer, with the guest. Um, I, I shouldn't say it this way, but I call it stupid proofing. <laughs> um, if there's a way that a customer can look at it and not completely understand then I need to look at it again, or we need to look at it again and fix it. So, I mean, we have put everything from like the minutes of how a party goes now, um, like from this time to this time, you're doing this, this time to this time. Um, our, our laser tag is, uh, very structured in that we do four games an hour. So we, we get do, uh, one and three is the birthday party. And then two and four could be another birthday party or open play. And then obviously people can book in, in either one, but we want to make sure that their party is happening. The first 45 minutes is the laser tag arcade time upstairs time. We didn't tell, we, we were not communicating that well enough with people at a certain point. So people would show up for like 20 minutes after their first game and they're like, we're here. And I'm like, you lost your game. Uh, we wouldn't do that, but we would, we'd find a game to put them in. But now we were very specific. Like even online, we say your arrival time is 20 minutes early at this time. We take you into the briefing room, uh, teach you how to play it. This time we hit the start button. So we, we, instead of saying your laser tag game starts, we say we hit the start button because mm. then people are like, Oh, I'm going to lose time. If I don't hit the start, but like your game starts, there's no, there's no rush on that. Yeah, your game starts. Well, it could start two minutes later. No, we're literally going to hit that button at this mm -hmm. time. So people have figured out that they do have to be on site at a certain time to do that. So um, having, I, I agree, screens on every step of your online booking process so that they have to actually, so when they do show up late, they say, oh, I didn't know, really? Because you had to hit six agree screens to be able to get to that point. Uh, we also do follow-up emails, or not follow-up, um, uh, emails prior to their party that outline it again. And then if they don't say I confirm, then we call them and go over it again. So, I mean, this is, it, it's a lot. That's the hardest part about running a bar, uh, birthday space, I think, is if you don't communicate it properly, people will find a way to complain. So mm. they'll say, well, I didn't know that I was supposed to bring in a cake. Cake is not included. Like, yeah. Right. So we, so we follow up again and says, just remember to bring in your cake. We have a bridge and fridge. So I think that's, that's the toughest part of running any of these part of uh, events is just making sure that you're communicating properly what is going to be there what is not going to be there the guest expectation all of that is all in one with however you present it again verbally or online yeah yeah thanks so much for sharing uh jenna this has been a fantastic interview i really appreciate uh, your time today i do have one final question for you before we wrap up and that is how would you sum up your guest experience philosophy in one sentence Put yourself in the guest's shoes. Honestly, that's that's how you have to do it. Because I, if a customer is expecting something or not, I go above and beyond. Like just again, when we train our staff, we say, "How would you want to be treated? Do unto others." You know, like that, any of that stuff, any of that Zen stuff. It, it literally that's put yourself in the guest's shoes. What do they want? What do they not want? And and make it about them. Um, we also say, you know, for a two-hour time period, 
that's your party. You are going to take care of that guest. You are going to make it the easiest thing as possible because when they go, they're done. Now we're going to do it again. Rinse and repeat. Give the best experience you can yet again. And just, just keep doing that. I mean, if you're having a party that isn't going the greatest and the mom's grumpy, I go, you got an hour and 40 left till she's gone. You'll be fine. You can make it an hour and 40. Just help her any way you can. So that's that's our our guest philosophy is just making it about the individual, I guess. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Great philosophy and a great note to end on as well. So Jenna, I really appreciate your time today. For everyone out there who's watching and listening, if you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It'll help other people find us. And until next time, we'll see you right here on the Guest Experience Show.